So, so fact, if you're going to Facebook Live, yeah. you want either to really know your plasticine game if you're ghetto like me, mm-hmm. or to buy a couple of cheap tripods with cell phone head attachments. Well, we Cell don't... phone head attachments. Cell phone head attachments. Come oh, on. Fancy can... Fable Forest so, uses red. Uh, they don't the do self-tapes on cell phones on plasticine. When Moving we started, we were using a Chromebook. You just open the lid. It's got a camera. It's got Facebook. You just press go and Dunsky. Problem is, I forgot it at home. So what are you gonna do? All right, fair We're gonna blame Jason. That's fine. All right, that's totally fine. Let's just take a moment. Now to we're gonna start the podcast. Who are we? Nobody's. Speak for yourself. Okay. We're Canadian filmmakers with the dream of surviving financially on the backs of our films. Welcome to our show where we bring people along on our film journey. Maybe we can learn a thing or two. Maybe we can teach people a thing or two while drinking beers. I mean, if you can't drink beers while filmmaking, what's the point? We are Fable Forest Films, failing our way to success. Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, our show. First Frames First. Welcome to First Frames First, episode 61. Uh, Very special guests today. Um, but I'm Jason Green, one of your hosts. My name is Adrain Constantin. How are we? How are we doing for audio down here? We're good. We're good. Uh, this and it's just so that people understand over there, in Facebook land, these and are not land. connected to the phones. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So please, because people would assume that the audio would be really, really great, but this will be for later on at the podcast list. So I'm just going to push should... my microphone slightly further back yeah. and project more. I recommend everyone do the same for the sake of Facebook if you'd like. Okay. But what about the real thing? Yeah. Well, we're, the we're real projecting. thing. We're the good. The real thing. That's when the so, mic is further. So, um I, I will say I'm 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 pretty excited. Uh uh you guys know Michael Mazurkovich, uh second time guest. Uh if you True. if you want to go back and Hear all about Michael Mazurkovich. You can go back to the, the sex, sex, the Panther. Sex Panther episode. Oh, yeah. that, was um, that was pretty great. Um, so thanks for thanks for uh, showing up and wearing a robe again. <clears throat> um, I do that. Mike uh, uh, brought a good friend of his uh, that uh, you guys recently met, and you you started working on a, a project together. But we're pretty excited to chat with our our special guest, John Davies, uh, who. Uh, uh, just to give a little bit of background um, so that people can get super excited. Okay, get excited. Is a uh, screenwriter of of Hobo with a Shotgun. Yes. Um, so that's so and and I'm sure that there's there's other uh, exciting things that you can tell us about as well and and share lots of stories, but I hope so. But, Otherwise, that's it. Here's the But I will say for Hobo with a Shotgun. And over. And I will say over. that um, I a, the first experience that I ever had uh, being introduced to Hobo with a Shotgun was, I'm sure, as many other people are aware, uh, the, the trailer was used in uh, Grindhouse, which is Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's uh, collaboration. That's right. And so we'd love to hear a little bit about that. But after I saw the trailer, I was like, this is pretty fucking hilarious and dope. And it turns out it was also a movie that you could watch, and it was also great. Um, and, uh, so welcome, John. Thank welcome, you. Welcome, John. Welcome. Thank you for having me. 
So what do you want me to answer first? Yeah. So how do we? Was there a question? Was there? there well, was you no... wanted me to explain my past. <laughs> there was. Yes. No... There was like delve deep. Where did it explain come from? the ancient history? Yeah. Of do, you, do you guys want to get more of his personal story or more <sighs> of his hobo story or a blend? Oh. God. Now, blending is. Were you? Fun. Yeah. How long were you homeless for? Like, did you? Did you? All my life. Yeah. I'm not from this planet. Yeah. I've always felt a bit of an alien, right? So. Now you. Know, you I, I operate. Did you here. grow up in in the east coast of Canada? I did. And if, Halifax specifically, or in Dartmouth? In Dartmouth, specifically, very specifically. Amazing. Dartmouth on the other side of Halifax. So, so um, I have I have a bunch of friends that work that that live in Halifax, and uh, I remember talking to them about Hobo with a Shotgun. They were like. Yeah, this was filmed in Halifax. I remember that bridge, etc., etc. Um, Dartmouth is great. Micmac Mall. Micmac Mall. Biggest mall east of Montreal. East of Quebec City, it must be, because that mall's huge. Bigger than any malls in New Brunswick. No, just any like New Brunswick malls. And some smaller Ontario malls. The biggest mall in Dartmouth, let me tell you what. I was in Halifax, my wife and I, before we got married, we were in Halifax in uh, 2001. I'm smiling because I am enjoy- I like podcasting. Hold on. We were in Halifax in 2001 when the World Trade Center came down. Ooh, so was I. And uh, it was not a good time. No. Um, but That's crazy. Halifax- I was in film school when that happened. I remember walking down the street and there's this place called pizza corner it's a bunch of different spots now yeah. i was staring into uh it wasn't jesse's pizza it was one of the it was one of the ones on pizza corner anyway i saw him on the tv just yeah. playing through the tower it's like whoa it's do you remember how many school now how many planes landed in halifax and like all that whole oh yeah over the I next week there was so many stewardesses and pilots and stuff that were grounded in halifax that they yeah. couldn't. They were like up in hotels and stuff, but they didn't have changes of clothes. They're walking around in like their playing gear. It was pretty messed up. And this is what that that wow. musical right now, Home and Away, is all about. The one that's winning all the awards. Come away is home. It? Come. It's home. more Halifax. It in the... it, well, not Halifax specifically, but Nova Scotia. Yeah. Come from away. Yeah, yeah, from yeah away. it's about it. Is, and it's yeah. about the airplanes landing during the Twin Towers. Really. The, 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 huh. the welcome that they got in Canada for this tiny little town, wherever they landed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they had like an influx of this tiny little town had an influx of like three thousand people who had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. It was like wow, that's a big thing. Who can hold up people? And yeah. everyone kept coming in and found, yeah. found places for them. It was yeah. it, it was, was a, a very hectic vacation for my wife and I. But that could never yeah. happen in a day and age like today. That's the sad thing. Is in the I think in the wake of nine eleven, you know, people opened up their arms and let all these people in. But I don't know that that could happen if that. You know, imagine that. A bunch of people are flying planes to you. Do you trust them? It's like, no, they're probably terrorists and or something. See, John, I'm going to say that's part of the reason why I, you and I ended up approaching each other with the project we did is because, you know, we, we, we all, a lot of people have this vision of a world that is a bit of a better place, a little more welcoming mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. a little more kind, takes care of, for example, the homeless, but also just each other in general. So, you know, so I, I think recently I've, I've had some just spiritual spiritual time, you know, mm-hmm. taking some emotional time, mm-hmm. and I've realized I really want to make content that helps people think and feel good things and be better people, mm-hmm. and that really, that really drew me to this. 
Fantastic. Now, that's this great. is the project that you two are working on. And yeah. that's actually, we just sat down and had a chat about this this project that you guys are developing. Yeah. So why don't we, we will come back to you, John. Okay. But let's talk about your project right now. Well, Whatever I, you can talk let's, about. Let's, 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 uh... Let's get there sideways. So, John. <laughs> all right, let's go sideways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oof, all right. So, you know, when you approached me, or well, when we approached each other about this, it was what's what's the word for destiny? Is there like a cooler word that means that? Serendipitous. 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 Fate. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had uh, met this a buddy of yours. You look. You got to uh, talk yeah, to my yeah. friend. Uh, Michael, he's just like you. He's always pitching stuff, and he's an actor. He's not a great actor, but you know. He's... Well, what, did Mitchell say that? He has seen my work. He has seen. You're kidding me. I I, I shouldn't say anything. I else. mean, he's seen your work. <laughs> he's seen your work. Wow. The punches keep coming. Wow. <laughs> I am deeply hurt. He said you'd be fantastic in a B movie. He's like, for what you want, you'd be great. And I said, well, that's great. That's the my kind of people I should work God. with. But then I wrote you. I was like, hey, or somebody wrote somebody, or Mitchell set us up. It was I need very to talk blind. to Mitchell about this. The. Uh... Continue. Yeah, and I, was, I, I said to Mike, I said, just show me your reel. And he sent yeah. me his reel and his, his website, which has everything. His, oh. his website Now he's going to is... be nice to me. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh-huh. not a compliment. It's, it's <laughs> not a compliment. You have oh. too much stuff on your website. You can narrow it down so nicely. Mm. There's like a handful of stuff that's really high quality. And if it was just that, people like, well, look at Michael Mazurkovic. He's a great actor. But you have... Like you have everything. too much stuff. You have okay. the first thing you ever shot on there, I'm sure. Correct. <laughs> yeah. You're using it like you're using it like an album. Uh, yeah, like it's a repository like a, for everything. Yeah, wow. and it feels like that. It's a little scattered. Hard to find stuff sometimes. But great. Okay, I so mean, I need to redesign it, my website. Thank you, John. I will. I will work on that. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to. Well, yeah, have to. Sounds I mean, like a pretty good it idea. It works for me. It works for me. I got who you were. It makes a lot of sense now. Um... <laughs> Sorry, is this Wait, a, is this a, no, a, a, a roast? roast? This is it's, a roast. <laughs> <Okay>. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise roast. Surprise My roast. website is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, we, we Mitch said you're a terrible actor. Like, wow. No, it's Are you, terrible. We're going to start the roast now. Yeah. Oh. oh, sorry. Was that the warm-up? No, that was, that was just... It was fantastic. Okay. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this away from the Michael Mazurkovich roast for a moment. I don't think that you should. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> we should get TV. back to the point. No, it's a good story. We because, should get back to the point because the roast will probably just naturally keep occurring. <laughs> yeah, it's just the it's just the thing that's Why happening. Why does this happen? I don't know. Sometimes so things just happen, right? Like, yeah, that's true. I who knows? Serendipitous. It's the serendipity. It never it's stops. Serendipity. So what happened, Mike? We got talking, and I we saw on talking. his site that he does like a lot of stuff about. Social good. And mm-hmm. news in general, and I've always kind of had a soft spot for that. Like, I did um, a web series called Flag on the Play that was all about fantasy football. And I, I liked that web series format. I really loved doing it, but I wanted something more news-like. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, just get out there and tell Because I read the news. I like the news. Right. I like seeing what's going on. And so, seeing Mike's doing this. Because I was going... I was pitching him a short film. We were going to do... No, it was a web series. It, it was, was a, a, web series, it's a, it's a narrative web series. To do, by the way. But I'd already like done fun. it. There's a whole story behind that. It, it would yeah, be well. the wrong thing, but we could, we'll figure something out. Fair enough. Well, but, there's too many stories yeah. overlapping now. I feel like we got to finish one to get to the other. So, so, so I you, said, I yeah. just told him everything I want to do. It was like, hey, I got this thing, but other things I'm interested in. And 
I said, you know, a news journal, a few other things. And I said, I really want to do something about homeless people. Right. Like I really, and I did Hobo with a shotgun. So I think that, I mean, not that it came from Hobo. Probably Hobo came from the same place that that came from. But uh, Mike had just that day kind of gone into battle and mentioned this idea to them. I don't know if I should say that, but whatever. Now, yeah, they're, now sure. they're committed. Yeah, now okay. they have to fund us. <laughs> <laughs> they did not say they would fund I mean, they, Well, They did not promise me funding. They seem well, more interested in that idea than it's Canadian about, hey, love. It's but... about the petition. Right, Bells? They fund, fund the homeless documentary. Just, yeah. If yeah, I, all you people out there on Facebook could write well, that. Yeah, and I think I think that like our the people that watch our show know that um, we we did also uh, go through a, a long pitch process yeah. with Bell, and uh, you know we were able to release our Art of Eight Limbs Muay Thai documentary, and people know that we just got picked up for a second season. So I think you guys we had a the initial discussion just around how did our pitch meetings go, what are some you know, of the tips and tricks and things like that, that we had working with those guys and have some discussions around what your project's all about and, mm-hmm. uh, and how, you know, how that can move forward. What I, what, what I wanted to lean into and yes, but mm-hmm. what I wanted to lean into for this and the reason I brought it up is when you and I did approach each other and, and we were talking about this, one thing you said to me was that because of hobo with a shotgun, you felt that you had borrowed a little bit from homeless stories and you had borrowed a little bit so and and that you wanted to give back to that community what i'm curious about is writing hobo with a shotgun you know writing this edgy screenplay about a homeless person where where did you get your insights for this where did the story come from what sparked this wild tale (laughs) of this homeless cowboy riding around and I presume shooting people with a shotgun. Well, he does. He, he really, does. really, he, he really, really does. does. Okay. So, yeah. Let me tell you about Hobo with a shotgun. I need to watch Let me tell you about Hobo with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe John should tell us about Hobo with a I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I, way I in for it. Yeah. I just want to say that I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And I am totally not Grindhouse. I'm not, a, I'm not like a, I don't go out like the, that kind of, that style of movie. Generally, I don't watch that kind of style of movie that often. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. Like it was amazing, yeah. I, and I thought, and I thought the writing was great. Good. Like when he when he goes up and he gives his little monologue to the babies, mm-hmm. I was like, this is kind of sets it up. It it just like, I, it just like was on a different level than I was expecting. Like I was kind of expecting it just to be hobos sh- shooting people. Yeah. But the, it did feel like there was totally a little bit more going on. And I'm I, glad I really there was it. supposed to be. And uh, I, I feel like I fought for that in the I rem- a little bit. I remember the. Uh, there's there's been two movies mm-hmm. where a person held a gun to a baby's head um, that I remember vividly, and okay. one was Hobo with a shotgun, the other was Hills Have Eyes, the remake. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But when you whenever you see a person with a gun to a baby's head, you're like, yeah. Do you want to hear something? Sorry. Sorry. Let's revisit this. Part is, my you... favorite part is when. I mean, spoilers. Am I allowed this? Of yeah, course, no, I can just give. It. First of all, people should just go and rent or buy Hobo with a Shotgun. I did. Good job, Adrian. You did? Yes, I did not. Did you rent it or buy it? I rented the movie. Stupid. So, <laughs> uh, what, here's you what happened to me. You should be ashamed. Here's what happened to me. <sighs> I first found out that Hobo with a Shotgun is... I shouldn't even tell people this, but you can just watch the whole movie for free on YouTube. And this is a terrible, terrible hasn't thing that's happening these down. days. Hold on. 
now. Yeah, sorry, John. Now, I, so I went you to... You can watch it on YouTube. How do you feel about your blood and sweat being now, free I went on to YouTube? Google, I went to Google, I and it was, like, on it. it was like, purchase Hobo with a Shotgun for nine ninety nine. Uh-huh. Hook it up to your Google Play account, uh, or rent it for three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Now, I went, and but then I went, I wonder if John gets any of this money. I get the satisfaction of knowing someone watched my movie. I did. I watched it. I on watched YouTube. it multiple times. Yeah. So wait, do you but, not? No, I didn't you... watch it on YouTube multiple times. When I first watched it, I don't know how I watched it. VHS tape? Jeez. Uh, I don't. I can't remember. It was. It was quite a long time ago. But my favorite part, though. Yeah. Is because this is the first time that I've ever seen a man blowtorch a bus full of school children. <laughs> wow. So the thing is, is I'm always looking for like. I've never seen that before, hmm. and uh, way to go. So let's just take a moment here. Jason, in the last two minutes, you've said that when a man holds a gun to a baby's head, it's like, yeah. And you've also said that you your favorite part of that movie was someone blowtorching a bus full of school children. How do you feel about kids? In general. In general. Well, I like mine. Oh, wow. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm fine with mine. Yeah. His are okay. They're, I'm yeah. okay with um, mine. Let me tell you something. Kids are irritating. Kids are here. Was it cathartic? My kid's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I like mine. It, it, it was, there was a lot all, of hidden meaning to the film, like you said. Like you liked dads. that there was a deeper level. And I, I felt in the film there was, even though it was simple and it was stupid, like everything was trying to say something a little deeper. And to me mm-hmm. that was, you know, kids are the effect of the violence. You know, you have rampant violence of, as us, us as adults with war and whatever stupid shit. It's like... The kids are dying from that. We're killing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that to me was like, you know, Slick torching a bus full of kids because he's after the hobos and trying to send a message. Like, you know, that's just real world. That's the result. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, for all you people that like crazy deaths, go check out Hobo with a Shotgun. I'm telling <laughs> totally. you. Because it's the best. It's like yeah, when I mean, when I'm, what's his face uh what's the guy's name the, with the, the with the metal the noose around the neck thing <laughs> yeah where I there's was like where they're shooting was, people I, into the ceiling no i mean oh, that 100 percent. but the, but that's just the beginning of the movie with the the metal neck oh yeah, noose, yeah 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 and then just the hanging and then oh the, come on i i i mean now growing up in 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 nova scotia did nova you scotia. did you how it, easy was it to get Trailer Park Boy. To dream about. <laughs> well, you, when you're in Nova Scotia and you're in the film industry, because we all were, you know the people who work on the Trailer Park Boys. You've probably met them. You're, yeah. Like, it's a pretty tight community when yeah. you're in the... Like, we didn't stumble upon filmmaking. Right. It was like, whoops, we made a, a movie that was successful. Like, I... Jason and I, the director, we were making films in high school. You know, mm-hmm. the, the school... Schools were really supportive there. I remember we were making movies... It was a, that kind of summer between junior high and high school. So in Nova Scotia, that's between grade 9 and grade 10. And we just had video cameras. And we were watching things like CKY and all these prank videos. Tom Green was a huge influence. So we were running out shooting prank videos. But we were tying them into movie storylines. We didn't know how to totally carry a film. So it's mm-hmm. like, let's go out and shoot. You know, I, I think our first film was called I Know What You Did on the Mountain Last Summer. And it was about a group of friends that threw their friend off a mountain. <laughs> to kill him because they didn't want to hang out with him. Wow. But then when the police came, they didn't have a body bag, so they just wrap him up in a garbage bag instead because they just didn't have the supplies. And so he comes back and haunts them because he never got dragged off in a body bag. Oh. But it's like half wow. filmmaking, half 
just pranks, like knocking right. on people's doors and like playing Nicky Nicky Nine Door in these costumes. But yeah, it was just <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it just grew from that. And then by the time we were in high school, the film was like the school was like, well, there's a filming program, a film and video sort of whatever invented. So we're gonna roll that out in front of you guys, let you make films in school, cool. and then. It's just like, it was really luck of the time, right? Like, we were growing up in that age where video was taking mm -hmm. place. Like, a really stronghold. It had been around for a while, but it was really accessible to kids. The iMac was just about to come out mm -hmm. as we were getting into films. Like, we cut our first film on two VCRs, but then went into an iMac right after. It learned iMovie. By the time we were out of high school, we are getting into Final Cut. And then we're into uh, film school. And it's, it's so funny, they didn't even know what to do back then it's like they got steinbeck editing machines plus yeah. they've got yeah. rabbit and they've got media 100 which i'm sure no one's heard of at yeah. this point it's like well, what are you going to learn and they're teaching you everything what right you, do you want to shoot on 16 mil or you yeah it's like you're gonna you gotta pay your respects to the film but we can't really afford it and we have these cheaper cameras which weren't that good back then it's like we yeah, had an yeah. xl1 and uh i forget the other one a big short dc's and i don't know but yeah, cool. And we were really inspired then because it's like all this fate happening, right? So we're in film school. We got an XL1. 28 Days Later comes out. Mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. it's like, they shot that on an XL1. Let's go shoot a zombie movie. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> if they, and do you know what? A lot of the film industry, I, I just is, well, look what they did. Yeah. I'm going to go do this. I'm oh, when you're young? When yeah. You're, yeah, we would go. We were making this movie. It was called Fist of Death 2 because we had already kind of made it in uh, high school, but we wanted to remake it and make it way cooler. Yeah. And so it was Fist of Death for people who didn't know, but if you really knew, it had to be two. Yeah. But yeah. no one saw the original. Anyway. That's it. I'm just making a sequel next. <laughs> yeah, Fist of Death. Make it, but do it like do it Evil Dead 2 style, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. the idea. You're not. It's not a sequel. It's just redoing the story in a whole new way. Yeah. You're really excited about it. Where was I going with this story? You're just Something running about, through your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're oh, you're telling us how you didn't uh, uh, oh, just show, show up, up as yeah. filmmakers. Yeah, yeah, we made this film Fist to Death too, and it was so originally we did it as a compal, which is like career and life management and physical active living, kind of combined into two mediocre courses that they make you take in high school. It's really weird. Wow. Um, and so in learning how to deal with life issues, they said we well, got to make a project about. I don't know, some sort of thing. And, you know, here's what you need to do. It's racism. You have to make something with racism. Like, how do we make a movie? Because it all went, every assignment you guys, like, well, how do you turn that oh assignment God, into a movie? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that is kind of how my son's rolling through high school right now. Yeah, yeah. you do really well. You yep. do really well. It's like, how? Okay, I got the plot. I got it. I got the movie. I'm going to get it 100%. If you make anything, kids out there, yeah, make a movie. You'll just, you'll do, you'll get a really good mark. So I don't want to derail, I don't want to, so, so I don't so want to derail, but true. I was failing drama class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I made Indiana Jones, Vader's Lost Ark, and I combined Ooh. Indiana Jones and Star Wars, and then uh, I got a hundred percent in drama at amazing. the end of the grade 10 drama class. <laughs> I made a, yeah, I made a science fiction film in my grade 11 physics class. True story. Uh, we two of us had to do time travel as a project. The other group studied this stuff. They they went out. They figured out all about I don't know whatever time travel has. Yeah, really, yeah. the the consequences of changing the future and then having to live it in another stream and those sort of how things can't happen. And they did a really good job. And we went out. We're like, what are we gonna do? And it's like, what if we make a story about 
you know, this guy doesn't want to learn about physics, so he invents a time machine and goes back in time and kills Isaac Newton. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did, and we didn't have enough time to finish it because everyone had to go home, so halfway through it, we just cut to the end of Halloween. <laughs> just <laughs> cuts into Halloween for no sense, and then pass that in, and we got 100 because it was a movie. Yeah. The other people, the other group guy, I think they were so pissed. I think they got an 88. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, sidebar, I loved doing that to people in high school. Putting in less effort and then getting a better mark. Well, there Amazing. was a lot of effort. Well, well for sure, yeah. Because movie making is hard science. work. Adrian, I want, and you know, we're doing a great thing right now where everyone's sort of saying their, their genesis of film. We've got John with this. We've got you with Vader's Lost Ark. Uh, how, how was that, by the way? Like, oh, yeah. it's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. It was a silent film. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, I had, Probably I a good decision. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because I, and I, we wrote, uh, cards where all the people had the, the dialogue bits that we would throw in. So we would have like a dog coming through the forest and then it would say, arg, or whatever. <laughs> um, okay. but yeah, Hilarious it was, uh, it choice. was pretty dope. We yeah. had a. We had a guy that was like, so what does Vader he used do? the, well, Vader has stolen, Vader has stolen the Ark. Because only Indiana, he could open it, right? Right. And Indiana Jones has to go and get it back. And Indiana Jones like flies an X-Wing, talks <laughs> to Yoda, um, uses the force to pull a special key out of a, uh, out of a... Who played Vader and who played Indy? Uh, well, Indy was... Which me. one were you? Indy was me. Which one were you? Indy That's was me. Okay. All right. Like, how did... Yeah, Indy, Indy was, was me. It, it's, been, it's been a while. My sister Jenna was Yoda. She was awesome. <laughs> we 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 had well a um, Jenna. We had a, a karate or a, no a, a judo gi. Yeah. And she was like in a judo gi like, and uh, Wurtz was in it, Amazing. and our our spaceship our X wing was at the time. Do you guys remember uh, uh, showers that had those like glass sliding doors yeah so yeah. we would sit in the bathtub and like slide the door closed to start the sh- anyways it was i mean it was brutal we we uh, ran a giant hose into the lake and blew bubbles to yeah. like make it be the you know the force okay that we were using yeah, to bring the key is, you guys put in the effort yeah, you man, used we, the sliding door for the x-wing we did a thing in a hose yeah we did a like thing. the ricola commercial that's, uh, so that's, I'm, that's going all the way You're i'm not gonna lie fact I digitized it at the library, so I do have this. Uh, I'm ready to upload it. Right. I, I just oh oh, oh and the other best part about it was that I made a soundtrack with all current like pop and rock music at the time, mm-hmm. and so I made a cassette tape, <laughs> and uh, the whole movie, of course, was uh, shot on uh, Betamax uh, tapes, and then wow. we we edited it with a Betamax and a VHS player, and when we played it, we had to play the Betamax tape and then press play on the cassette tape so that it would play the soundtrack at the appropriate moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty dope. That's awesome. Well, so, so dumb, so but it was great. You learned well craftsmanship, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Finger speed. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, also, I also remember uh, uh, doing a, a drama play where a friend of mine was my dad and he died and I was like, oh. and I kissed him. Uh, on the kissed mouth? Him, no, kissed him on his forehead on when he died, mouth? and we made people we made people cry. Mouth? Jason I mean, Green? Not that time, but on his mouth penis. Which penis? His penis is that? mouth? Yeah, which mouth is that? 
Okay. So, yeah, Jason, I mean, I, first of all, impressed you made people cry. That takes some doing. Yeah. Second of all, it sounds like you really, really put the effort into practical effects. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how we're, we're this far into this podcast and we haven't asked our guest about the screenplay that he wrote. And Hang on. You're like we... the most real filmmaker we've ever met. 100%. You're like, you've, you've like done, done things. <laughs> you know what I mean? A couple, yeah. 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 It's oh. amazing. It's so amazing. So we're very happy that you're here. One question that I would like to ask you, okay, which I love hearing about, is okay. writing process. Okay, especially I'm writing process, this. especially writing process from someone who has written something that has gone out into the world in a real way. A lot of people talk about writing process, but they haven't actually done it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. So there's a lot of it. A lot of learning to write is learning your process. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna stumble and you're gonna fall and you're gonna. You're going to bang your head against the wall until you figure out how to do it. And then there's ways you can do it, but it's kind of unique for everybody. Everyone has their own story. So it's that drive to get something done. But um, I'll tell you, this is things I've learned along the way that work for me. And I think they could work for other people because it's just a simple way to get that idea out in a way that make it it's, so it's tangible right away and you can grow it. Mm-hmm. And people, you'll hear people talk about you could be an architect or you can be a gardener for a script and mm. I don't know they're kind of to me they fit together so what I what I do is one I have a million ideas in my head like I'm always pitching to people step one is just pitch to people everyone you meet try to sell them on a story try to get them excited like learn what it feels like to light someone up with your story because mm-hmm. if you've never done that you're never going to write a good screenplay you have to be able to walk up to somebody and be like check this out and get them excited and that you know that'll take you somewhere. Then you know, okay, I got something. There's an element of that that when it reaches a person's head, it really makes them think. It makes them like it. Um, so I practice. I've always done that. I've always just pitched and pitched and pitched. And the people I've hung out with that have been successful, it's the same thing. You know, you just pitch, you pitch, you pitch. And it gets to the point, you know, we'll have a conversation, you'll say something. It's, it's kind of bad. Sometimes I've, I've had to relearn how to listen to people because it's really... <laughs> You know, you have a sentence and all of a sudden, boom, I'm taking it apart. I'm putting it together with something else. Like, okay, is that a story? And then you might ask me something. I like, I, I'm very involved with what you said, but I haven't listened in a minute and a half. Mm. I apologize. Yeah. Um, Sometimes when I'm particularly douchey, I'll take my phone and we'll be in a conversation. And we'll be like, oh, that's cool. One second. Man walks into this. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah. So if you really have to. That's Yeah, that's when I'm really douchey. If it's a, if it's a good one. Yeah, so you got to be out there. You got to really practice processing ideas, putting them out there. And then, so this is the actual writing for me is I work that idea, I work it. I usually the writing starts and it's it's unfocused. You're trying to get something. You're just trying to put it down and get comfortable with the idea of writing it. Then at some point what I need to do and I would recommend anyone do is just write it. Just it doesn't need to be long, but you need to write it how it begins a semi-logical progression through the middle and an end. And it should be able to, you should be able to do it in one sitting. It should, for me, it would take about five or six handwritten pages in a notebook. So not even big pages. And I just, I need to do that. I need to put it out and say, okay, I got it. I've birthed my story. It's there. I can always go back to it. Is, are your, the, the paper that you're writing on, is it yellow? Yeah. So weird. It just seems to be yellow paper. It seems to be those yellow pads. I don't it know has what it a is. bit of character to it, I guess. I don't know what it is, but whenever you ask someone, 
It's not the yellow. Day. It's not those uh, tearaways. I've used those, and oh, they are helpful. Oh. Now, this is a notebook, and it's just okay. the pages are a little bit yellowed. Okay. Yeah, stark mm-hmm. white's just ugh, it's yeah. a turn off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, need so, to buy some yellow paper. But yeah, after I, after I do that, then it's just working it over and over. You have your idea. And if you give yourself a day, now your brain's processing. Now you've written it out. Your brain is fleshing out this thing. So you start writing, and I write a treatment again. And for me, the last one I did, I think that ended up being 30 to 40 handwritten pages. I always go hand at first. While I'm figuring out a story, I write by hand. I I try to keep it really organic before I'm ready to commit it to a computer. Um, And I don't go back either. Like I, I, I don't edit it and try to make it perfect. I just get it done. Get it to the end. Get it to the end. Don't edit that. It's not your final product. And then, I mean, if you want to sell a treatment, I guess at some point you do need to polish that. But if you're just writing on spec, like, get to that point. Move on to the script. Now write your script. And just write it from beginning to end. And never look back. And what will happen a lot, to me it happens, is I'm writing it. And maybe I don't like the character's name for a day. So I change it. I play with it. And it's like, no, I'll change it back. Or I suddenly realize that something should have happened in the beginning differently and I don't want to keep writing it as I have been so the story changes Mm -hmm. and through the shift of this the screenplay by the time I'm at the end it's not really the film it started out but now I've finished it again Mm -hmm. and so now you're three drafts in and what you have is a a rough first draft this is that draft that you should now put away for two weeks you know put that away rest your head and then when you pull that out just Think about it. Think about what you had in the same process. Just See? Either tweak it around or you could write it again if you really felt yeah. you needed to. So. Read this, is, this has been the waiting period for the Glade. Hmm. Yeah. Moving on. Hashtag meant um, to be. I'm just kidding. I have, I have, I'm just, just kidding. Couple, I have more work to do. Anyways. Just a couple more things, though. Like, when you are writing, too, yeah. it's going to sound bad until you're done. It's That's the last polish. And I think writers especially new writers need to keep that in your head. Like you, you can't approach a script and try to throw out genius lines. They might happen. You might throw a few, but really your story is going to shift so much and you're going to keep changing things and finding the beats. Cause that's what it's about. Now you're finding the beats that really push a story and tell mm-hmm. a story and make you move and make you feel. And this, the dialogue is going to shape itself as you go yeah. through that to the point where, yeah, you've, it's you like the last thing that you add. Yeah. To the and top then, is gonna be and then when you're done, you kind of go through it and you're like, what I like to do is look at every line or every, you know, every section, you break it down, you just think, have I pushed it as far as I can push it? Can I channel the energy to somehow find a way to make this better and stronger? Yeah. And then you're really just, you know, you're, you're tightening everything up. You're making that dialogue just that little bit more snappy or you're throwing in that one killer line that you need to really make it. But yeah, it's a, it's a process. You don't just sit down and write a great script. You know how to process it. And it, which is helpful because then you don't need to be scared while you're writing it. You just do it and trust that by the time you're done the process, it'll mm-hmm, be good. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And mm-hmm. uh, I'd love to hear. Um, so, now, did you write Hobo with a Shotgun with your director in mind? You guys had done some stuff before. Or? I worked. I would write alone, but I would work very closely with the director and the producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jason and I. We like. I had always, I've always kind of been good at coming up with stories. Like, here's a crazy story, and I'm good at putting a lot of meaning in there that 
a little covert, kind of mm-hmm. like we were talking about with Hobo. It's more not there, but if you think about it, if you really think about it, it's like, oh, that actually could mean something. There's more. Yeah. yeah. And that gives the story a little bit of depth. And Jason is just really good at, you know, he's the guy who takes it and stages it and makes it fun. And he's the Spielberg. He wants everything to be a giant set piece. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he would take that and then push it that extra degree in that direction where it's like, okay, now it's not just this meaningful scene, but it's, it also you know, has, it's like a it visual block of, bucket that, yeah, he'd be the kind of guy, Jason would be that guy. He's like, yeah, we need a very visual excavator bucket crushing a homo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, that's what I always loved about when we worked growing up. It's, I feel like neither of us got exactly what we wanted because I always did want it to be a little more serious. And I feel like he always wanted it to be a little more cartoon. But in the middle there, it's just like, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It reaches a nice little marriage point. And then Rob in the, I mean, this was our first time working towards actual money, Hobo. So Rob was a producer and understood it. And he was very much about reality not to say you didn't have good ideas because sometimes you would throw in good ideas and everybody as it went on if you're really open to write the best script and tell the best story i mean yeah i guess if you are the best writer in the world being extremely precious i don't consider myself to be that i consider myself to be really good at coming up with a pitch really good at blocking out a structure over time like working that out as we were talking about molding really good at coming up with some funny lines and you know give some banter but not so good that I don't want to hear good ideas from everybody. Mm-hmm. And that I'm not so, you know, so what's the word? Insecure that I can't take them. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's it's sad, though, because it does say written by John Davies. And I feel like it should say written by John Davies. And then, you know, there's a lot of other. Like Dave Brunt, the original hobo, wrote some of the monologues in that. He didn't oh. give them the context, but the bear speech when he's talking about bears, that was just Dave, something Dave Brunt would say about mm-hmm. bears and it's like well in the context of you know saying that in this confined environment to this mm-hmm. woman with everything's going on it's almost like he's saying okay i'm gonna fucking blow my lid here yeah yeah and watch out because things yeah. are gonna get real right when i get a taste for blood yeah there's get and there's no turning that off yeah yeah, yeah. who is this dave Dave Brunt so, was the hobo in the original trailer that we made so yeah. the actor who played the hobo oh, in the trailer? So made a concept trailer we made a contest trailer. Huh. It was the Tarantino Robert Rodriguez grindhouse thing. They put out oh. a contest on Ain't It Cool News saying, hey, you know, submit this whatever. Submit a trailer for a grindhouse type thing. And I mean, who knows what the contest win. Right. It's just like, you'll be a winner of something. It's like, well, that's what we do. Like, we, right. like I pitched you Fist of Death and all these things. We were making a movie about, it was called uh, Streets. No, not Streets of Rage. That's a game. Streets of Domination. <laughs> Streets of Domination. And it was this crazy gang action film that we had been written about these two rival gangs. And the bad gang steals the little brother from the good gang and takes him down the most haunted road in town. It's like if you want your brother back, you got to chase him down the, you know, the creepy road that no one goes down. And so this gang has to then travel down this creepy road where, you know, aliens and monsters and like anything like you 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 never know what's going to happen down this road and we're going to cut a trailer for that i said to jason like let's just cut a trailer it's already in the making we can promote a film we're making and he was stoked we were going to do it and then he he talked to rob and it was like no we had to make something original and so years before 
we had met up in a pizza shop and uh, it was our me, Jason, and my buddy Mojo. And we would do this. You just get together with your friends. Like, let's think of a movie idea this weekend. Like, let's mm-hmm. just come up with something really good. 100%. Yeah, like, that's just what you do. And so we're eating pizza and we're thinking about ideas and thinking about ideas. And I'd actually read up there, Rebel Without a Crew, uh, very recently. And there's something in that that's just so valuable for filmmaking, for young filmmakers. People without every opportunity or every option in the world is to think about your restrictions think about what you have first and th- really think about what you have only you know look at things you can bring together to tell a story and mojo had really long hair at the time looked kind of scruffy and he had also bought this airsoft airsoft shotgun and i'm thinking there i'm looking at him as if we can make a movie about a hobo with a shotgun <laughs> and you know but I, and i said that and at the same time it's like you kind of know when you have a good idea and it's like, there's a lot of weight to that. You know, the story of a hobo, like just some guy that's got nothing and now he's got power, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that to me was the scary thing. And then Jason was like, yeah, he wants to get a lawnmower and he wants to get <laughs> off the streets. And everybody forever has been like, okay, maybe we scrap that though. But that's like the Jason <laughs> thing. And that, those are the things that make it cute and adorable, right? Yeah, and right. like that, that gives it a lot I like of magic. They're, bo- they're both 44 99 so <laughs> yeah, he's got to make a decision. <laughs> like it, I Get himself off one. the streets or clean up the streets. This is a fork <laughs> in the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I uh, definitely love screenplay writing structure stuff. I have mm-hmm. some people who say that that's lame. But having that moment of decision between like, oh, the lawnmower or the shotgun, though, clean the streets or just, you know, shoot a bunch of people and maybe get off them. Mm-hmm. That's a great moment to have in every screenplay. So this is very cool. So, so you're saying that the idea for this screenplay that you sold successfully came from when your friend Mojo had long hair and an airsoft shotgun. Yeah. And you guys were like, wow, that could be deeply meaningful. I don't know. If I <laughs> thought it could be deeply meaningful. Yeah. Okay. But I just... You're also like this is also something we could do. Yeah. yeah. But, and then Jason, you know, he really loved it. I think he, in that moment was like, I've found the idea that's going to elevate me above a hobby filmmaker. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. then he's like, we went for a walk and he, he kind of said, you know, John, that idea is really good. I don't think we're ready for it. I think that's the thing to break out when we get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, probably four or five years after that that this trailer contest happened and that's so you were like after streets of domination he's like hobo with a shotgun and that was that was the idea it was like now we unleash that project that we've been holding in a chest yeah Mm -hmm. 100 yeah that's amazing and so jason does the same thing so you he held like he told you about our our foray with postman and Mm -hmm. siniku and that was an idea that he had been holding close to his chest, waiting for the opportunity also to fire with that. Now, that was created by our buddy Mike, but yes, Mike and I. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had been holding it and waiting for the right opportunity, mm-hmm. and uh, it was pretty great. Um, so so tell us a little bit about, um, so you, you, you pitched, to, or you created the, the concept trailer. Mm-hmm. And we sent it down to South by Southwest. Yeah. And it just blew up on the internet. It, you yeah. know, it was one of those things, viral is still kind of young back in the... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Really, but, you know, it's pretty cool for it to have happened, right? And so it's, this thing's up an hour later. It's like, that's got you know, 2,000 hits. 
mm-hmm. and you're clicking you get into that thing where you're clicking the refresh like that just went up two three hundred hits mm-hmm. amazing you know That's you get up crazy. in the morning and it's like that went up seven you know ten thousand hits last night yeah. and it just kind of it flew up until i think it got a million i got about that and it's and then <laughs> photocopy like copycat one so it's like you track those like well that one's got a million but that one over there has got two hundred thousand. Oh, people would steal and then, your video and then yeah and then repost and you look over like but that one and that's what kind of sucks is like not that it you wish that you could have the grand total mm-hmm. not have to look and be like oh if you add that and that and that and that and that yeah i reckon we probably got close to two million in that first little bit and that was wow. just damn <laughs> yeah that now, was pretty awesome what was your experience like how, how did they reach out to you? Like how did did you win the you? Well, won we won the, the contest. Yeah. We uh, they called us up and they said, "Hey, Sorry. you're in the top three. We're gonna fly you down to Austin." And so they did. They flew us down. Met a lot of great people. Really fell in love with Austin. Just as a, a filmmaking community. Mm. And mm. During, the, during the Austin Film Festival. It was during. Was it during South by Southwest? It may have been. Mm-hmm. I think it was near the tail end of South by Southwest. Okay. Which is uh, a film festival? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a lot of thing festival. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a music it, festival more than anything. Yeah. But it's got lots of components to it. And certainly the in terms of screenwriters, it's one of the 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 number one festivals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like there, uh, there's a lot of debate as to whether screenwriting competitions and things like that are any good. Yeah. Particularly because people submit stuff, and it's a it's sort of like a money making, money making opportunity for people. And you want to know that the people that are reading your screen screenplay can actually do something with the screenplay. Yeah. But Austin is one of the places that is touted by the by professional screenwriters hmm. as a place that is legit. And if you're gonna if you're gonna enter into a competition, that's one of the places. Oh, because they love that they're they're passionate about their art down there. The music respect, mm-hmm. the movie respect. This is one of those places you go, and that's the vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that people love their art, mm-hmm. and so yeah, if you if you can do well in Austin, and people like, and they're really accepting too. Like mm-hmm. you just get cool in Austin, and you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take a quick run out. Okay. Tonight is. Game six Ooh. of the Raptors. So I'm wearing my Jurassic Park shirt. Now, uh, the thing is, is if your wife locked the door and my wife's waiting to get in and we're using the phone as a Facebook Live, I'm going to take a quick second. Okay. You guys yep. keep chatting. We'll yep. just wait for you. While Could you guys you, just wait? Uh, sure. Do, do you, you want to... What does Facebook think about this? We do you want to bring down some water or a beer or something? Like, I'd love a cup yeah, of tea. You've got any, Jason. You can thank you, Jason. Parch yourself to death so, down here. All right, while Jason's out, Adrian. Yeah. We heard John's early filmmaking experience. I've got a hilarious one as well. Just saying, I want to hear yours. What? Just, just what a, got like as a those things that as a youth or as a child, yeah. You you got together with some cameras and or you did you know a what? play. That was not my my story. Was not that I actually just grew up loving the theater. Hmm. Like we had a lot of theater in South Africa and I didn't even know that being making movies was a possibility. Yeah. Like it just wasn't in my world in South Africa, but theater was. And so I did a lot of acting, did a lot of theater productions and that kind of thing. And I loved the idea of telling stories and, and that kind of thing. And then kind of, I was actually going to become an engineer. I was going to university to become an engineer oh, and God. I was sitting with the 
with the application form for university and I was just looking at the other courses mm -hmm. and I was like, what? You can study film and media? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> what? What? So I just was like, I, and in that moment, I even remember I was leaning over our freezer, busy like, filling it out and I just, I, I just thought to myself, do I want to like be stable mm -hmm. or do I, would I like to enjoy life? Yeah. And I was like and I was like, I think I'm gonna take the enjoy life box. Wow, and yeah. Then, and then and then as I started getting into it, then I got a job, bought a small D V camera mm -hmm. and then started filming and stuff. But I was into my university and film production and that kind of thing, so I was now yeah. starting to learn about that stuff. What is the dumbest film you've ever made in your life? Yeah, I made a pretty pretty crap film that that was about cancer. <laughs> Oof. But super, it was supposed to be, uh, when you start out in film, when I started out in film, it was so metaphorical. Like it was, everything was an extended metaphor that was really deep and meaningful. Although when the audience watched it, they had no idea what the fuck they were watching, right? Mm. Just the, like the idea that somebody toiling for an extended period of time is just this guy digging a hole. He just never stops digging a hole. He doesn't know what he's doing. But the problem is, you need to really to be a good to be a good storyteller. You need to put that kind of in context. You need to add stuff to totally, it, right? It's totally. not a bad idea. You just have to have the maturity and the experience to 100%. tell it with yeah. other yeah. So I took, elements. I took all these metaphors that I, all these things I wanted to say, smooshed them into like the first short movie I ever made, and it was completely. You didn't even know what you were watching. Yeah. All of a sudden, there was a naked person with a bag on their head, falling uh, under a table. Uh, it was it was crazy. Love it, love it. Now you tell us your story, there, Mike. Your your beginnings. Oh my God, I uh, so first of all, I drama class was it was the class where I could just be myself, and I had so much fun in drama class. And uh, you know, I made up a lot of imaginary friends as a child as well. So I really like acting, and, and to this day, when I write, it's very much from a character driven. But uh, when I was, we would go up to these cabins when I was like 8 to 14. Uh, my family and, and I would go up winter camping. And, you know, we were really good friends with this, the, the, the people who owned the cottage resort. And their son, David Tapley, was this hilarious kid who, you know, sort of this rugged outdoorsy guy, uh, but had artistic sensibilities. Mm -hmm. And then one year I got there and he had a camera. So we made these ridiculous movies called the Llama Movies, in which I played Balthazar the Llama. He played Balthazar. That's a Balthazar. Good, that's yeah. a good name. That's a demon's name. Uh, yeah, it was a demonic llama. Mm -hmm. He was Melvin the Bold. I was Balthazar the Slightly Intoxicated. <laughs> and my sister was Marcellus with a C. And we would just <laughs> run around. You know, some of the some of our plots involved Star Wars elements. Mm -hmm. There was a there was a, a big snowbank looked kind of wheel like. Right after uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean two came out, they were sword fighting on a wheel. So we had a, an entire sequence of, you know, something silly happens, and these two guys, Melvin and Balthazar, challenge each other to a fight. And then we they're sword fighting, standing on this wheel shaped snowbank. And then they're sitting there having tea and being like, "Oh, do you want a bagel?" And then they're sword fighting it. Was this the birth of Pirate Mike? <laughs> <laughs> 
Not technically, although being a pirate has been a part the of my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, it has been. Oh my god, when That's I was when the eight, was planted. I've got a I've got a pirate pitch for you, Mike. Okay, let's hear do it. Do it, do it. This is a story I had. I never made it. I should have. It would have been good. We yeah. can do it now. It so got me. I don't even care what it is. Am I it's naked a, in it? A, it's about good. So there's this little kid, right? He's probably. You know, he's a little prepubescent, or he's just hitting puberty. Mm-hmm. Kind of awkward, right? Doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. And he's just digging in his backyard. He's kind of that odd kid. He's digging, he's digging. And he finds this pirate coin in his backyard. And when he picks it up, he sees this pirate. And it's like, holy smokes. And this pirate just starts talking to him. This pirate's kind of crude dude, right? And, uh, you know, a bit of a character. And his mom's like, ah, stop playing in the yard. You're getting all dirty. And this kid's... He's like, Mom, don't you see the pirate? She doesn't see the pirate, so he knows, okay, he's got his own little ghost pirate. Pirate, we'll just call him Pirate Mike, because it's explained to this kid kind of what it's like being a swashbuckling pirate and, you know, yeah. going out, getting all the pussy. And I think that's he's basically about, that's getting, what pirates are about getting laid and getting gold. Gold and sand. And so this kid that's starts cool. going to school, right? He's going to school, and this pirate's just there, like, totally coaching him. That's you know, cool. imagine being this tiny kid being coached through... You know, your sex life by a, a skeezy old pirate. Like, Have yeah. you seen Big Mouth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> but here's the, here's the here's the kicker. This is what happens is the kid, the side story, the B story is that the kid's supposed to clean his room. But he's not cleaning his room until finally his mom cleans his room for him. Now, here's the problem. Oh. Is, that, oh. is that also... The pirate's kind of been costing this kid at school. Like, yeah, he got him into good... Like, he got him in, but now he's fucking him up now that he is in. Everything's yeah. falling apart. So he, he left the pirate home that day. Mm-hmm. And then things... Like, he didn't have his pirate. He realized he needs him. Goes home, looks for the coin. It's gone. The mom's like, oh, I don't know. I guess I spent some money today. He gives him a laundry list of places to go check. Kids running out. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean is playing in the theaters. It's like everything's pirates, pirates can't find his pirate gets home here's his mom screaming runs upstairs to her room swings open the door she's naked in bed swinging this coin over her head runs out you see him sulking on the steps <sighs> mom gives him the coin and he looks over and this pirate's just sitting there in a house coat smoking a cigarette <laughs> Tell him how good of a lay his mom was. Oh, Mike, has the, Mike has the house code. Mike's, Mike's ready. I, this is my, uh, wow. So, okay. let's, so I will tell you guys, it's time to watch some fucking basketball. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm, yeah. I, what I want to say though is, um, like, the, the folks that would be watching our show would be, our show is really all about our journey, making our films and mm-hmm. working towards a career in filmmaking and, and essentially making money on the backs of the stuff that we create, right? Yes. Which is, which is the journey. So what, what I would love to hear is, you know, do you have a couple either, uh, uh, uh like a story or a couple bits of advice that you would want to send out into the world, into the universe of indie filmmaking? I've. I feel like we need to revisit this subject mm-hmm. in a year mm-hmm. or even six months because honestly, I I prepared myself as a filmmaker. I loved films. I got an opportunity yep. through a trailer and through opportunity that came mm-hmm. to me and a lot through Jason, 
like that's the thing too is like I I was blessed to have grown up a talented filmmaker whose best friend is also a very talented right. filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Good to team. to a higher degree than I probably yeah still am. Oh, I like to be cocky, but you know it's like he just did um, Dark Side of the Ring for for Vice. This wrestling doc, oh, really good. Sweet. Yeah. So he's he's still been moving, but um. Awesome. That's cool. But as far as making money, like it was opportunities that came out of that, you know, scripts that came, scripts that came. And at the time though, I, it was, it's this money question that gets you down. Mm -hmm. Cause it was like, yeah, I'm getting paid for stuff, but then there's just a lot of stresses in life and you're in your twenties and you're figuring out other things. And yeah, having that as the backbone of how I was to be making films is almost a hindrance to me I don't think it would be to everybody but it really mm. caused me to to reject it a little bit and go back and, and take pause and think about what I was doing as a filmmaker and how I considered it and I actually like I got into winemaking I, I worked at a winery for years mm. and learned a lot about that I just finished learning how to program and it wasn't it wasn't until I learned how to program that I feel like I relearned how to think I learned how to put all the little pieces together because that's what programming is, taking it down to the basics. And mm-hmm. how does it work? How do you build it up? And then putting it together piece by piece and accepting like it's little pieces put together, create bigger pieces, create bigger pieces. You need that big vision, but it was not even purposeful, but that mindset back in my back in my head, just I naturally then have started making films again. And this is just two and a half. This was the end of April. Mm-hmm. That you started to, that you come back to. It. Yeah, and since then I got this documentary yeah. with Mike that we're going to be pitching. I have mm-hmm. something else that I'm starting to. I'm almost ready to pitch in St. Catharines, and I got a a feature that I'm writing for my friend Corey Bowles. If any of you out there watch Black Cop, Corey Bowles' first film, I'm trying to make another one with him. It'll be great. Amazing story. Story's awesome. I'll um, probably buy that one. You you better. No, so the sneaky stuff. So, tips for making money. Think of a business plan. You know, you're making a business. So, how are you gonna make money? It's like that's the question. How are you gonna do it? You could do a YouTube video that, whatever. And I, I have ideas, but really, I feel like there's a lot that hasn't been pioneered. If you really think about it, mm-hmm. that I don't want to give away because I'd like to pioneer it myself. <laughs> so, totally. in six months, I'll say, yeah, it's obvious. You should have done that. But. Super easy. <laughs> All right, well, he- super easy. You just had <laughs> to think. You just had to do it like that. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna come back. We're gonna hopefully you guys see more of John, and you know you guys see more of Mike also. And uh, everybody knows Mike. Everybody. We Not we. Yet. Oh well, we had a we had a discussion with Dan uh, mm. a couple days ago, aka a couple weeks ago for those watching the podcast, right. and uh, he was like, "Listen, Mazurkovich has been in everything. Uh, he created a." Uh, an award uh, of himself to give to people. Dan uh, created an award that I then, you know, <laughs> just a, into a figurine. Into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you know, the first year I didn't know he was gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But he it was a, it asked was... me for my headshots, printed out a bunch, signed them himself, saying like, "This is signed by Michael." No, it's like some joke thing, and gave out signed headshots that were mine of me to the award winners. I feel like and you then gotta. After that, I was like, all right, well, that's. <laughs> Let's make that a thing. You kind of got to decide something. (laughs) Yeah? What what do I need to decide, John? Well... Hit me hard. 
John doesn't pull punches. <laughs> no, you know about the website. I, mean, I, I, I will be redesigning my website, first of all. <laughs> it has to do with the website. I guess my question is, like, are you going to stop being a man whore or open ex- openly accept being a man whore? <laughs> wow. Okay, what does this mean? Like, I, just... I mean, you, you, you're developing, and that's fair, but you tastelessly throw yourself out there sometimes. You accept everything. You do everything mm-hmm. and you lay it all out there. You don't look back and you say, oh, I'm going to trim that. I'm going to shape my character like that. You are the essence of everything that's brought you to this point still. Mm-hmm. Which is are. interesting. It is a time. It's funny because I feel like you're past that time. Like I know you and I know that Like I'm saying all these mean things, but I know the talent in you. And that otherwise I wouldn't be working with you. Right? Right. So you. I, I feel Thank like you. either you suck or we both suck. Okay, fair. Wow. Um, there's probably a better meaning to that i mean no i mean definitely the man whore thing but what i what i try to do is that no matter what the role is i try to like my personal brand is i will dive into this do anything the camera requires that will not kill me Mm -hmm. and have the character live in real emotions now if you watch david and greg that's three years ago i wasn't as good at living in real emotions that is on my website, but near near the bottom, because it's, you know. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's ex- like at some point people are gonna get to that and be like, oh. But yeah, and but, your but good stuff, your best older. stuff, isn't at the top. It isn't. Your best stuff is your commercial stuff. Oh. And yeah. that's like off to this, like slight right somewhere. All right, all right. <laughs> I clearly need to redesign my website. I I I really love like I love acting so much. I love creating content so much. I don't. Like, I make sure that I'm always bringing my A game, but I, I often don't say no to things because I'm like, well, I'm going to do this. My performance will be great in it because I will make sure it is. Mm-hmm. If the camera team fucks up, well, fair enough. It, this will not be bad because of my the, the emotions of my character, mm-hmm. you know? I probably should say no to more stuff. Or don't or don't say no to everything, but the thing you present you out there... Yeah. Present it towards what you want to get. Like, your friends are going to hire you whether you have it on there or not. They're going to actually feel pretty... They're going to feel a lot better if they get you. If your website and your reel is smoking hot. Yeah. But if it has all, you know, your old stuff and there, there's just the stuff that you've gotten past. Yeah. You don't need it. You have so much content on there. There's so much content. Fair. All right. I've been looking at How long, how long, how long is your reel? My... So my, I've got a commercial reel, a comedic reel, and a dramatic reel. Each one is about two and a half minutes. Okay. Average. Mm-hmm. You could you could trim it by a minute. Yeah. Even some of those reels I saw, it's like you don't trim the bad stuff out of your highlight reel. Mm-hmm. You wow. just take a little piece of it and put it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should probably update. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> listen. Listen. This is. This is Hard Truths with John Davies. I appreciate you very much, Sean. I will say, my first first ever distributed production was in high school. Mm -hmm. It's called Germinal with an E Partie De. There is... uh, My character gets cummed on the face. I play two characters. One of them has a stunt double that's a pillow getting railed. And then my other one gets semen on its face. And that was my first horrible movie. And that is not on my website. 
It should be. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want to know why? Because it got distribution. <laughs> okay. Distribution through YouTube, but it's done surprisingly oh, fair enough. well. I, I want to. I mean, we yeah, want to watch that now. Because that's send true. Us, to send you. us. That's the... what I'm saying. Either reject it or accept it. It seems like with that one, you fully accepted it, and it's your most successful thing. Wow. So you got to accept yourself. God, that's... it's not. You don't have to change. You just have to love yourself. This is so deep. Guys. <laughs> All right. I'll work guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up. Yeah. Uh, thank thanks, John, very much, uh, and thanks, thank Mike. That was a lot of fun. Um, as always, this it, we're Facebook living it, but I'm gonna cut this part out because we're gonna put it on the website in a couple weeks. Bye, everyone, and uh, you know, dream big. Yeah. Thanks for watching. First frames first. Yes, first frames first. Thank you, Jason. Welcome. If you enjoyed, head over to our website www.thefableforest.com Check out our films and sign up for our newsletter where we will send you exclusive content. Hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always at The Fable Forest. And share our show with your friends. It'll really help us out a lot. Dream big. Work hard.